Hello, everyone. I'm Dave Hasse. I'm a shareholder in Chicago and also chair of the Pro Bono Committee. And we are, as you may know, celebrating National Pro Bono Week, October 25th through October 29th. And as part of that celebration, we're presenting a series of podcasts to honor and showcase some of the kinds of pro bono work that Littler attorneys have been doing, because there's no shortage of a need out there for free legal services from those who cannot afford them. And a great way to get involved is to find a personal area of passion that you really want to be involved in. Today, I have the honor of interviewing Lavanya Govijay Cohn, who is an attorney in our Chicago office. And I've had the pleasure of knowing Lavanga for several years and be able to watch the terrific things he's been doing in pro bono. So first, Lavanga, thank you for talking with us today. And if you would, please tell us a bit about what you do in the area of pro bono work. Yes. And thank you for having me on this podcast, Dave really honored to be invited on. Yes, as Dave mentioned, my name is Lavanga Vijayakorn. I'm an attorney at Little Mendelssohn Chicago office. Um, I represent employers, much like Dave does, in uh, federal court, state court, and uh, government agencies. But I also advise our multinational employers on international employment issues that arise. But alongside all of that, I do quite a bit of pro bono work. And to answer your question, Dave, the pro bono project that I'm currently working on is I'm representing a family from Saudi Arabia who are seeking asylum here in the United States. This happens to be my seventh pro bono asylum case, you know, where I have represented these asylum seekers. And asylum seekers are immigrants to this country who are fleeing persecution from their home countries. This persecution could be based on the client's religion, race, political opinion, and other protected categories under U.S. immigration law. Um, All of these cases have been referred to me from a Chicago-based immigrants' rights nonprofit organization called National Immigrant Justice Center, or NIJC, and I have worked with them for many years now. Why don't you tell us a bit more about how you got started with them in the first place? Sure. Well, I actually started my first asylum case with NIJC as a summer associate. It was representing a young man from Cameroon and, you know, we were successful in getting him uh, asylum. And it might surprise you, Dave, that, you know, I was able to handle a case even as a summer associate. The great thing about these asylum cases is that when you work with, you know, a great organization like NIJC, even a summer associate can handle these types of cases. The legal analysis is not that complicated when it comes to these asylum cases. NIJC really holds your hand when it comes to that part by providing you with a great manual, sample pleadings, and case law research. The challenge is really getting your client, who is often going through some degree of PTSD from their persecution, the challenge is getting them to trust you and share their story of persecution with you so that you can effectively convey that to the immigration authorities. I always find that the muscle I flex in these types of cases is less of a legal one and more of a social work one. So it sounds like there's a lot of witness work from the very beginning in these matters. That's correct. Yes. You know, I would say that the most important part of the asylum petition that you actually submit to the uh, immigration authorities is the affidavit from this client. So, you know, in order to put together that affidavit, which is a detailed recitation of all the terrible things that they were subjected to in their home country, 
uh, requires a lot of sit-down meetings with these with these individuals who are, as I mentioned, going through some trauma from from those experiences. And you know, it's it's a it's a gradual process to get their trust. To you know, there are often language you know uh, barriers here as well. So like getting them to understand you and trust you to the point that they can divulge these very difficult memories over to you, so that you can put them down on paper and submit them to the immigration authorities takes work but it's 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 very rewarding work and when you say it's rewarding what are what are the stakes in these cases what's at issue yeah it's that's a good question dave it's you know the stakes in these cases are sometimes literally life and death uh, this is because you know if these persecuted individuals did not get asylum and were deported back to their home country from where they fled they could very well be subjected to further persecution. And, you know, in some cases, they may pay the ultimate price. You know, so being able to use my skills as a lawyer to help keep these individuals out of harm's way and help them start a new life in the United States is is an incredibly rewarding experience. And I take it that their chances of prevailing in these cases is much better when they're represented by legal counsel. Absolutely. The, the percentage rates that have been maintained by NHAC of, of success in, a, in an asylum case when they're represented by attorneys, the success rate goes through the roof. There is a huge difference in terms of the success rates when you have representation versus when you don't. And that disparity is not difficult to wrap your mind around because you think about these individuals who have just come from these traumatic situations, you know, come to the United States with, you know, either English as a second language or they don't speak any English at all. And they're trying to navigate the really complicated, arcane immigration rules that are often a challenge for even immigration lawyers. So, you know, whatever they by themselves provide to the immigration authorities, and many do, many do provide their petitions themselves based on what they can do, you know, with the limited ability that they have. And those often are denied. And, you know, those those can have some dire consequences if they are denied. So, you know, when an attorney steps in and is able to handle a case, the chances of success just increase dramatically. Are there any clients that you're still in touch with? Absolutely. Yes. You know, as, as I mentioned, it's, you know, when it comes to these asylum cases, the stakes are here are, you know, sometimes life and death or life or death or close to it. So, you know, when you're able to get these individuals asylum, they are so genuinely grateful to you. They're also surprised that a big law firm will step in and, you know, put its resources into helping them. So there is this Palestinian family that I represented that is still so grateful for the work that I did for them that every year, they send this box of sweets to my office. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the satisfaction you get from helping these individuals is palpable. Yeah, I, I wanted to mention another individual as well. This was um, an Iranian woman that I helped get asylum and she's able to establish her own small business in San Diego. And I was reaching out to her to see if she, I might be able to retain her as a, as a paying client, which is uh, we'll see if that works out, but um, it's uh, it would be a, a really uh, a sweet sort of full circle type of story if, you know, I represented her pro bono, she's able to establish her own small business, and now she's giving business to me. So that would be, um, that, w- that would be quite a story if we can make that happen. 
Well, I'm going to predict that someday you're a ways off from uh, telling stories to your grandkids, but I believe that someday <laughs> when you're waxing philosophic about your, your legal career, that you're going to be mentioning some of these cases uh, as some of the highlights of your career. Am I, am I right in that guess? Absolutely, Dave. These cases are incredibly meaningful to me on a very personal level. Uh, I am an immigrant to this country myself. America has given me so many opportunities, and I see my pro bono asylum work as a way for me to help pave the way for those same opportunities for other immigrants, especially those individuals who have no other choice, no other safe haven. So, you know, as, as you uh, sort of suggested, Dave, it's, you know, I hold these pro bono experiences very close to me throughout my career. And I, I believe I will afterwards as well, you know, as <laughs> if I ever do have grandchildren, I know I will tell them about how I was able to get asylum for the women's rights activists from South Sudan, or the Iranian woman who converted from Islam to Christianity. You know, every lawyer likes their war stories, and they have war stories. And these are the war stories I think I will cherish. Now, I also, if I recall correctly, you also have a leadership position with the National Immigrant Justice Center. Can you tell us about that? Yes, Dave. Yeah, I am on the uh, associate leadership board for the National Immigrant Justice Center. And the reason why I joined the board was because I was so impressed by the work that they did that I observed while I was handling these pro bono cases that they referred to us. I, I joined this board several years ago, and I, I really do believe in their mission of fighting for immigrant justice. And the role that I play as a, as a board member is, is raising funds, is creating awareness uh, regarding uh, you know, immigrants' rights within the community, and then also trying to improve the rate at which attorneys take on pro bono cases from NIJC. And, you know, I think we've done a pretty good job of, especially within Littler, you know, increasing the number of attorneys who are handling NIJC asylum cases. Um, and by the way, NIJC handles other immigrant rights cases as well, such as securing U visas or V visas or T visas, uh, as well as representing dreamers and so on. So, you know, there are various types of immigrants' rights cases that you can do with an organization like NIJC. And there are certainly many other fine immigrants' rights organizations that are out there that provide similar services and connect lawyers with pro bono opportunities. Well, I think you very much answered uh, what is my last question, which is any words of wisdom for other attorneys interested in getting involved in pro bono work? Yeah, I, I think it's just do it. You know, there are certainly so many different types of pro bono work that you can do, not just asylum work. Um, there are so many opportunities out there. And Dave, as you mentioned, the need is really great. And, you know, I, I hope it's clear as to how much this work has meant to me. And I hope every other lawyer seeks out this type of opportunity and has those types of experiences that, you know, they can, they can tell their grandchildren because it, it, ultimately it is so worth it. I know that, you know, we're very busy and, you know, we, we have our pain clients, of course, to, to, to serve, but taking this time out, I certainly do not see as any sort of distraction. I see it as integral to my practice. Um, I, I see it as, you know, what my role is as an attorney, as an advocate, you know, 
uh, for the community in general. And uh, I absolutely highly recommend that every attorney, not just in Littler, but uh, anyone else who's listening out there, allow themselves this type of opportunity. Well, Lavanga, thank you very much. And to anyone and everyone who is listening, uh, I hope some of you are inspired to do some of the kinds of work that Lavanga has been doing with these immigration asylum cases and other immigrant rights cases. You can literally change a person's life. Hopefully, if you're listening to our other podcasts, you're seeing some other great examples of ways that you can make a contribution. Again, this is Dave Hasse, shareholder at Littler's Chicago office and chair of our pro bono committee. Thank you all for taking the time to listen to this and hoping that everyone is as motivated as I am when I hear stories like this.